Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the fourth episode of Tender Loving Care, question mark, with your hosts myself, Pauline, and my darling, Kate. Every week, Kate and I break down two shows from the TLC network, the name of the network that I believe for the longest time was an acronym for Tender Loving Care. And when I found out it actually stood for the Learning Channel, and I saw the types of shows that were on that channel, my deep confusion bred this podcast. Each week, Kate and I will randomly select two shows to cover for the next episode by spinning the Wheel of Shame, which has all 113 shows that we will be studying. Hi, Kate. Hi, Pauline. Well, there was a very cute moment when we started. We noticed that both of us have the same, I'm presuming, alcoholic beverage. Of course. Of course. If we're going to talk about these shows, uh, yeah. <laughs> going to need some alcohol. Really, really. Um, yes, it's the same color, same glass, states away, and we're drinking... Hang on, I'm drinking Voddy. What are you drinking? Rum again. It's just what I have I on just, hand. Oh God, you, you know, you got to do what you got to do, but I'm, as my uh, Scottish aunt would say, I'm having a wee Voddy tonight. She always has a wee Voddy, just a little one. And when, you know, Scottish terms, a wee Voddy is about a triple shot. It's just a little thing to just settle <laughs> settle your stomach. Have a wee body to settle your stomach. I like the downplay. Oh, that's so great. Always, that's so always. great. I'm, I'm drinking it with lemonade because, again, that's just what I had on hand. Look, we got to do what we got to do. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, as Kate said, we need alcoholic beverages for... The shows we picked this week. Okay, so last week, as you guys know, we had we picked two um, shows that were kind of in the same realm um, and not really things that got us too excited. But we're going to get into them all. So, Kate, do you want to start on our first show? I'd love to. Okay. 
All right. So our first show that we'll be covering this episode is called, and it's actually a Mm one-off documentary, Mm -hmm. to be fair, uh, called Rattled, A Paralyzed Mother's Story. Okay. Yeah. Tough stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is, well, look, why don't you read, yeah, read the synopsis and we'll get, we'll get into it. All right. Here is TLC's description of this little documentary. Quadriplegic Rochelle Friedman defies the odds by having her own child, but without being able to walk and have dexterity in her hands, she must learn to cope with a newborn with as much determination as she approaches all aspects of life. Right. So when we saw this come up, first thing, I was super happy that it was a one-off. It was only 40, I think it was like 42 minutes, which is the usual run of most of the TLC shows. So I knew we didn't have to go through like 12 seasons of something, which Kate and I are actually faced with a lot, (laughs) with a lot of these shows, which is challenging. But, um, and when I saw Rattled, I obviously knew it was about babies. And, you know, if you've been listening so far, any of these shows are going to be babies and weddings are not my favorite. But, um, you know, I... I did my due diligence, you know, I'm dedicated to our very intense work that we have here at Tender Loving Care. I make sure I'm serious in all aspects, do my research, and I sacrifice for the potty. So, I don't know, I, 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 and I have my notes, let me get my notes. So, this is kind of, you know, I swear there's some serendipity with a lot of these things. So, as um, Kate said... Is it is it Rachel or Rochelle? It's spelled Rochelle, but they kept calling her Rachel. Is that That's right? where I was confused, yeah. but they didn't say her name enough for it to stick in my mind. So well, I just what are we going with, Rachel or Rochelle? Let's just go with Rachel. Okay, Rachel. She's more of a Rachel. Uh, she is more of a Rachel. So okay, the story it opens up. It's just it's a one-off, and it's about a um, super dramatic opening like loud very very intense um kind of mid-2000s um anonymous like dance me it was odd it was really really odd and they had like cutaway angles and and then it, it basically opened with this woman screaming in pain in labor and um a voiceover of rachel saying you know i'm about to have a baby but that's not me and then it zooms over to her and she's in a wheelchair and we go on to find out. So um, it's herself and her husband, Chris, that are using this uh, surrogate, her friend called Laurel. And that's because Rachel was um, became a paraplegic five years. And how, how, how did she become a paraplegic? This okay. was the most shocking thing to me and the saddest, obviously, part. I... Okay, then this is what I say about something serendipitous and weird. So this is a bit of a... um, I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent here, but trust... I I know I go on a lot of tangents, but this one is relevant. So about uh, 10 years ago, I was working at a graphic design firm in Pasadena in California, and I met a really... A girl that became a really, really good friend of mine, Dream Angel. Her name is Mia and funny witty awesome girl and she uh was in a wheelchair and she had um had uh basically when she was about 11 or 12 the way she described it to me she had a very very intense stomach ache and she had 
woken up the following day and an aneurysm had burst in her spine and she was paralyzed from the waist down. And um, so Mia's story was really, really interesting. Anyway, um, her and I became super, super close. She's an amazing girl. Um, and I love her. And um, I worked there for like a year or so. And there was a lot of things that I kind of learned. Like we'd go out and when we were in her car, she'd say, oh, do you even know how I drive? And I was like, no, I just realized that I don't. So she'd show me how she kind of had all the brake and everything on the steering wheel and stuff. Um, so, you know, Mia... <sighs> so amazing and she just she taught me a lot so cut to maybe two years after that Mia and I are still in contact I don't work there anymore she tells me she's got a reality show and it was based on a group of friends that were all uh, paralyzed in different ways and um, it was about them kind of going through life having different careers some were actresses some were you know motivational speakers there was a lot of stuff going on and it followed followed their lives and there was a, a really interesting story. It was Mia and there was another girl that was actually one of the original Power Rangers. And she was hit by a drunk driver. And she had, Ugh. yeah, been paralyzed. So some of these stories were crazy. But then Mia called me up one day and was like, hey, do you want to be on the show? And I was like, uh, yeah, I do. So I'm revealing right now to everyone, I have been on a couple of reality shows. <laughs> now, they were not on the TLC network. None of None of them were on the TLC network. But this show, and I, I was thinking about this when I was watching this. To, should I give away the name? It went off like two seasons. They won like, um, they won a couple of awards. They, it did really, really well. And it was very interesting and very, it gave me a great insight into behind the scenes of these shows and I don't know really how much I mean it was ages ago really doesn't matter how much you talk about it but there was one I was brought on obviously as Mia's friend which I genuinely was and it was about us going through we went like shopping one day we were playing tennis like with one of her friends and then um there's a whole load of other stuff I, I filmed like three episodes maybe with her wow <laughs> Oh, my, so, I didn't know I was yeah. podcasting with a reality TV like, I'm star. Basic, I, I am a very, very big star, and I didn't want to bring it out in the realm <laughs> of this podcast, but I will. So anyway, I was doing it, and you, you know, behind the scenes, what you realize is there was one scene, and when I say Mia is pretty, it's kind of an understatement. She's gorgeous, jet, jet black hair. I mean, green eyes. Like, this girl, people stop to stare at her she's gorgeous and she photographs really well anyway you always had tons of boyfriends and there was this one scene where we were in a pub and of course with all reality shows as we know very well from all the housewives kate um they ply you with drinks and alcohol so we're in this pub and they're buying us as much food and alcohol as we want so me and mia who were drinking awesome. we were like yeah let's just keep drinking so we were drinking drinking they were like so then the producer or whoever it was came over to us and was like, okay, so we're going to do a scene right now where um, a guy comes, two guys are going to come over to you. And I'm like, oh God, it was, it was so awkward, right? Two guys are going to come over to you and they're going to hit on you, but they're going, oh God, this is, uh, this is really rough to even talk about this actually. They're going Go to, on. yeah, you want more. Um, <laughs> they're basically going to come over and they're, like they're gonna pretend like they're not interested in Mia because she's in a wheelchair no uh, are you sure it wasn't TLC <laughs> it was not TLC but I definitely oh I God. think I signed a release on this anyway um but 
I so they, the the woman came over and told us this, and of course this was after we'd had quite a few drinks. So I'm like, uh, and I'm, this isn't my show. And Mia's like, well, that's a bit weird. And I was like, yeah, that's completely funny. And by the way, this was like a Tuesday afternoon in a pub and there was no one there. And I was like, that's going to be really, really awkward because we're just, we're, it's going to be so fake. And, and trust me, at the two of us, they would go to Mia because she's like fucking modeled. She's so gorgeous. So it's like, it's just going to be awkward and weird. And they were like, no, we're doing it. We're doing it. Here's another round of drinks. So they we had to wait, and they ended up finding these guys, they shit you not, off the street, and then brought them in. I remember one of them was a boxer, and we had to film this horrendous scene where the guy's like, oh, Pauline, can I get your number? And Mia has to be like, oh, I thought he liked me. It was... It was so bad. Anyway, the reason... Yeah, ask away. Do you mean to tell me oh God, that I can't reality <laughs> TV isn't always real? so real? I am <laughs> breaking it down as this podcast intended to do. But um, can I get in trouble for that? Because I did sign a release. I don't know. Can I? I mean, 10 years ago. I mean, technically, yes, I could. So, uh, yeah, so it was just awkward and it was weird. But the reason I say all this is because they, they went on to do two or three seasons of it. It was very successful. I even was driving down Sunset and she had a billboard on Sunset. Like, it was a big... Wow. Yeah, it was a bit... Needless to say, I wasn't on the billboard. But uh, anyway, uh, side <laughs> character. But, um, yeah, she Mia did really well out of it. And um, the experience, that experience was just weird. But... Mia ended up doing a lot of public speaking and talk, telling her story and encouraging, you know, young people that have either had accidents or experiencing kind of the same that she did. And she told me a story which relates to this show about a girl who was on her honeymoon. Sorry, not on her honeymoon. She was on her bachelorette party two weeks away from getting married and someone came up behind her and pushed her in the pool as a joke she broke her neck and became a quadriplegic and this is this girl on this reality show and Mia was in contact with her because I think she was either going to come on the show or so so it's a weird crossover that like wait wait your friend was at this pool party no 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 my friend Mia who was on the show um, yeah. her reality show she knew this girl because she'd been in touch oh. with her yeah after their oh. show aired this girl who is the subject of the show that we're covering had been in touch with Mia oh yeah okay but still it's, that isn't is isn't that weird you have a connection it's to this so show weird when I was watching this it was like there you go again yeah um so that was the story and when it came on, I was like, I remember when I first heard this years ago that you thought it was just some urban myth. I remember it, you thought it was like an urban myth that a woman had been pushed in by her friend. and she. It was her bachelorette party. And the girl just came up behind her and pushed her as innocently and as just... It, I mean, obviously, I can't. Rachel is the person to feel bad for in this situation. Mm-hmm. But I also just have to mention, imagine being the friend I, who pushed her. You know, you can tell that Rachel, there was a term she used when she was describing her story. She said, and my friend playfully, playfully. Yeah, she used the word playfully pushed me because I'm sure her entire, after this had happened, every, I mean, that, 
the girl that did it, it I... Yeah, she clearly has forgiven her and she's at, you know, she's not holding that inside her. But it... I was also curious, is... Okay, so she has a surrogate to have the baby. I know it's coming. I was like... Is I know what's going to happen. That's exactly what I thought. That pushed her in the pool and feels bad, so she's yes. being the surrogate. I'm so glad you brought that up. I put that in my notes, and I was like, "Am I going to be the only one that thinks that?" But I was like, "No, it was definitely this girl, Laura, wasn't it? It was. I mean, I'm not saying it was because we don't know, but I thought the exact same thing when she said, because... "My friend is carrying our baby," and I was like, "Oh, we all know which friend that is, right? That's exactly yep. what I thought." The, oh. It was not confirmed or denied, though. We're just completely speculating that it was her. But, um, it, yeah, I know. Because they interview this, this woman who's the surrogate, Laurel, and she says, this was the right opportunity for me to help people I love achieve their dreams. And I know that if I pushed someone in a pool and they became a, a paralyzed person, I would... I would be a surrogate for however many babies they wanted. I. I well, maybe not a however many, well, but at least one. Yeah. At least one. Um, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, I, I as soon as it happened, as soon as we heard that, I did think yeah, absolutely, it was her. They didn't confirm or deny it, so yeah, I, we don't know. We don't know, but it. That's. I'm glad somebody else thought that because I did. And then you meet this girl. Laurel and she lives a little bit further away and you see her she's pregnant and they're like we start when it's like two weeks before the um, baby's due date um, mm-hmm. or the woman, the surrogate's due date so they start doing a uh, baby shout at the baby I mean the whole thing the way this was filmed did you catch when it was filmed because it looked really old it looked really old but I was just online trying to figure out when this came out and so the accident happened in 2010. I did some research. I have our answers. Okay, go ahead. So Rachel did an interview, which also this article is saying her last name is Chapman and not Friedman. So oh, I have Chapman. Did you make up Friedman? No, it's in the notes. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Little peek behind the curtain. Oh, um, I, you're right. It does say Friedman. Maybe it was autocorrect or something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was her maiden name. No, that's really strange. Her uh, name's Chapman, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, anyway. this article on oh, Mike.com. Okay, Kate, listen, we need to really talk about your sources. Because, look, I, I, I want to preface, and the listeners will know, you are the steam engine behind TLC that goes and you find these articles you do research I don't do any research I basically watch skip most of the shows watch what I need to and then report back but you do boots on the ground you do I boots on the ground I'm in the muck of it no stone unturned but your sources I want to know I mean my sources they, are questionable they are questionable but then again so are the shows Right? So it fits. Yeah, it fits. Yeah. So go ahead. I mean, it's not going to be the New York Times. Yet. Okay, so... <laughs> One day. So this, uh, this article is quoting an interview that Rachel told People Magazine. Okay. It says, Chapman never revealed the name of the woman who pushed her into the pool. Oh. 
telling ABC News at the time of the accident that she was still her best friend. But the closeness faded over the years, and the two are no longer in contact. I had to actually cut ties with her and end the friendship, Chapman told People Magazine. I had to tell her that we couldn't be friends because she just wasn't there for me anymore. In the beginning, she was there for me, and I was there for her. She was distraught and depressed about what happened. But as the years passed, she didn't make the effort. It was just going through the motions. And every time we spoke, I just felt like I was remembering the accident and going into the pool, and I had negative feelings. I don't think it was Laurel then. I think we can... Well, no, because then it goes on to say that she, that Rachel blogged about her experience. She's even written a memoir. And after she was blogging about her and her husband needing a surrogate, her friend Laurel okay. from college okay. contacted her and said she would do it. Okay, so our complete speculation has been dashed and the truth is... We, we were completely incorrect, which... Debunked. Which most <laughs> of the listeners will find we are a lot of the time incorrect and a lot of the stuff we say here, but, you know, but we can't look at the sources we have, you know, it's, it's not easy for us. Um, we're doing our best. We always do our best. <laughs> Um, so, okay, I mean, it's, look, it's really hard to even talk about how that woman must have felt, how Rachel must have felt. And I think that's something that got me with this show, because essentially, I mean, it was only 42 minutes or whatever. We do this baby shower, which nobody, A, nobody needs a baby shower. B, nobody should go to a baby shower. And C, (laughs) never, ever invite me to a baby shower. I've been to two in my, two or three in my entire life, and that was like, Ten too many. Like I'm, uh, no. They, they are aw- They are awful. It's like, oh, oh guess the candy bar smeared in the diaper. It looks I, like poop. When I first saw that and realized people play that as a game, I thought society has melted into a shit pot. If that's something that you do, I I couldn't understand. It was so disgusting. It was so horrendous, and it's just all cackling women. I just I, oh, I think he was all fun and then and then the worst part of it in these showers is you first of all ask people obviously to spend more money on you that's what I hate about all of these and I'm going to go into a rant right now and then I'm going to go into a rant again when we do any other babies, baby show and when we do any other wedding show because preach it sister it's seriously weddings and baby showers here's the deal I'm I'm choosing to do I'm choosing to ruin my life by having a child so guess what you're going to spend a lot of money on me so I feel better about it and then at this baby shower they open up these presents in front of everyone which to me is just the most tacky it's so tacky and then there's always this weird person that sits next to them and then writes down who it was from like you know uh, Stacy gave me a shit present but Lucy gave me a great one and I just hate oh it's a horrible concept and then don't get me started on weddings let's have a engagement party a bachelorette usually weekend a bridal shower and then the wedding where you have to pay for a hotel a rehearsal dinner dinner. it's the biggest scam i would no never ever ever put anyone through that never expect you know the you know the only thing worse than a baby shower is a gender reveal or like revealing they're called gender reveal but it's really revealing the sex of the baby yeah they do that now of course and they're always ending with like setting setting like a new forest fire or something yeah yeah those are awful i hate those okay 
yeah so just expect that rant to be a regular occurrence in any of these tlc shows of babies and weddings um but moving on so we see this stupid baby shower and then um we go on to see that um Ray- well her mom moved in with her we should oh, mention so yeah. they're in north carolina mm-hmm. and her mom her mom is her full-time caretaker mm-hmm. moved i think cross states to to live with her and her husband yeah so that's you see that's another sacrifice they've had to make is like they're not just living alone just the two of them as a married couple mom's there yeah always um but she's very grateful for all of her help. She's she says she doesn't know how she would do it without her. So yeah, because um, I mean, you, yeah. you see, with with Rachel, she just once again there is stuff that we do learn in this because Rachel was explaining that the term uh, quadriplegic just means that you have an impairment in four limbs. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't use all four limbs, but you have an impairment in all four limbs. So for example, she couldn't walk or stand. Um, she could move her arms, but she had no dexterity in her hands. So you see mm-hmm. her, you know, with the concerns of how do you change a diaper? Um, how do I do that? And holding my baby and I'm scared. And it was kind of going through all of her concerns about looking after the baby and if she was going to be able to do all these very small things when really she had no dexterity in, in her hands um so we see her like practicing those type of things and then she talks about wanting to be in get a photo in a standing position um with her and her husband chris and the baby when it comes and to do that um there's like a special brace that's created and i knew about this again actually from my friend mia because mia had been in one and um i it was it was something that really struck me i remember when mia did it and she said i realized how tall i was and that was a really poignant thing because I thought, uh, of course, you know, you wouldn't ha- I didn't have, I just knew Mia always in her chair. So I never knew that Mia was actually, I'm five foot ten and she, she says I'm like five foot nine. So when she showed the photo of her in the brace, everyone was like, oh, you're tall. And I, and that's, so, yeah, yeah, it just yeah. Really, it really struck me, really struck me. Um when we had these scenes of Rachel going to get this brace fitted um, which didn't work and then it did end up working at the end of the, the, the episode and you saw her being able to stand upright and get that photo that she really wanted um, I mean I think that you know this show it definitely gave visibility to a community that's needed I think it was I mean, I'm not trying to wrap... sounds like I'm trying to wrap up really quickly. I'm not. I mean, she, but, but essentially it was a quick show. Like, that happened, then she had the baby. It was all healthy, luckily. Um, and there was, sef- there was definitely things that, for me, um, it, it was a strange... It was a strange show to watch. I thought it reminded me a lot of my friendship with Mia and the things that she would talk to me about. And um, when Rachel said, you know, what what she would give just to be able to jump into a car just get into a car and to just go for a walk you know the, those two separate things that she said just don't take it for granted never that part, take it that part made me cry i'll be honest I, I teared up you know what i wrote at the bottom of this of my notes did i cry question mark yes multiple times period because i did <laughs> i did cry it was very touching her yeah. her interviews and things what did you think of her husband chris um he seemed like a very normal guy i mean he seemed he adored her he really did he, he adored really did. her he loved her and you know i'm sure everything that uh, happened to Rachel. He was obviously there 
the whole time um, and supported her and seems a very loving man and loved the child that was uh, Kaylee, I think it was called the baby when they, they had the baby. Um, he really he really stepped up too because mm-hmm. he's having to do quite a bit of um, the caring for the baby, you know, in the middle of the night. He's getting up every time to pick up the baby and all that and you didn't see him complaining or no, anything really no he was yeah. he was a good guy and it was and you know they'd been together like so young they were the so they young. were that couple that was like went to university and was like we need to get married at 20 tw- to get engaged 23 married at 24 or whatever it was just like that couple that i don't know is really an odd concept for me but it works for a lot of people and it evidently worked for them and they went through a great amount of stress and hardship during the accident and afterwards but you know they he adored her and they seemed like they had a very strong relationship they wanted this child which I'm sure is the child looked like it was absolutely adored and yeah you know these these kind of cutaways to Rachel's interviews towards the end um they were poignant you know they were they were really poignant she's just these simple things that is so easy it reminded me of like you know when you when you go and work out you're like oh it's so annoying i have to work out and it's i always remember there was a trainer or some motivation or someone was like you should be saying i'm so lucky i get to work out i'm so lucky i get to go and run you know i'm so lucky i can get and go get to run because there are so many people that can't so um yes i cried i cried through it i didn't think i was going to but i did um and i mean learning we all kate do you want to explain what we do after every show for anyone that's a new listener yes so after we discuss each show that we watched we give it a rating and our rating system is from zero to six hundred I derived that number from one of the network's most popular series 600 pound life Mm -hmm. and so really what we're deciding is how many pounds of learning did the show have yeah because don't forget the premise of this show even though i repeat at the beginning of every episode it's not tlc doesn't stand for tender love and care it stands for the learning channel so some of these shows that we're going to cover you learn nothing um except exploitation of major conglomerates um and then there's ones like this that you do learn and for me the rating that i gave rattled a paralyzed mother's story out of 600 pounds i give it 500 pounds of learning and the reason i didn't give it the top top amount was because i think it was only 42 minutes and i would have liked a little bit a little bit more um of the philosophical kind of aspect of her life and attitude changes after the accident but I kind of understand why that didn't happen this was literally just this show was just about her becoming a mother and she's not you know Rachel Chapman isn't defined by her accident um that isn't her whole story and that's this was about her becoming a mother but um for me as a viewer there was a lot of questions that I would have wanted to kind of ask and go into a little bit more depth about the aftermath of everything and her mentality and relationships and things like that okay yeah what about you um i went a little bit lower actually i did 485 Mm. pounds of learning um i did feel like i learned a lot i mean it it did have moments where she's explaining what it's like to be a paraplegic in general yeah 
and not not just the mom stuff. I agree there could be, like, hearing more about that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I appreciated what she did say, mm-hmm. especially this, the things we were just discussing that she mentioned towards the end about how you should not take for granted the simple things like getting in your car and running to the store right. for 20 minutes instead of three hours. Yeah. And... It was really touching, and it reminded me to practice gratitude in my daily life, like you were saying, mm-hmm. with things that I'm complaining about. It's like, well, at least I can do it. So Exactly. We should be grateful that we yeah. can. Okay, so that's, I think that's fair. I think we didn't go like to the top of the pounds of learning, but we got stuff out of that show, for sure. Hello, it's Pauline here and I'm jumping into the middle of the convo very quickly to first of all, thank you all for listening and supporting us on our podcast journey so far. And to let you know, um, we have a new segment we're preparing for ongoing potty episodes. We have a call to action to anyone listening that can become one of our agents in the field. In future episodes, we will be including stories and tales sent in by you, our dear listeners, to give us the inside scoop. If you or anyone you know of has been on a TLC show, worked on a TLC show, has been a long-suffering PA on a TLC show, or has just any kind of insight and knowledge of what goes on behind the scenes, we want to hear from you. All submissions will be kept completely anonymous. Just email us at tenderlovingcarepod at gmail.com. You're amazing, and back to the show. So... For some reason, um, the gods of TLC and the Wheel of Shame decided to give us another show um, that revolved around babies. No, I just want to... Look, I may be coming across here as though I don't like children, and I do want to just state that isn't... That's not (laughs) correct. I love children. I was nanny for the longest time. Um, They're wonderful. I appreciate the... um, I'm just going to stop there. I do, re- I do, look, I do really like children. Um, I just don't want to watch copious amounts of TV shows about them. And of course, The Wheel of Shame gave us um, a second show when we spun it last week. And this was a baby story. And this is the synopsis that TLC gave us. <laughs> A baby story follows couples through their final weeks of pregnancy, joins them in the delivery room, and through the first weeks of a new life. Couples share their experiences and all the emotions they feel when they first greet their newborn. Um, I don't know why we need to go into the delivery room. No one needs to be in a delivery room ever. I, when I go to my notes on this, the first line I had written down or scribbled down, I can't hear one more woman scream in agony because that's essentially what the majority of all of these episodes were. And I would like to know that when I first found out, Kate, Kate and I do not discuss these shows before, um, before we, we record the pod, but, um, I had to text her because I went on to begin what, sorry, begin my research And I saw that there were 13 seasons, 13 seasons of a baby story. So I just cut straight to it. I was like, Kate, we're doing the last season, the most recent. And then I turned it on and it was from 2010. Super old. The 13th season was 2010. 
And oh, I thought it was t- 2007. I know it premiered. Oh. It premiered in 1998. <gasps> no way, really. That's what I found in my research. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was just so like the the camera work and the the film. It was really. It was like watching an old timey movie. Da, 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 da. You know, you were just like <laughs> really. It was really so dated. Well, and the people on the oh. show, we'll get into it, but you could tell they had early 2000s viewpoints. Oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, definitely that. But also, um, my second line of notes deeply appreciated the mid 2000s fashion. It was on point. We had like capri, cap- little capri trousers with wedges i mean it was oh bum pits there was a lot of bum pits is that what they were called the things you used to put in your hair and you bump it up um oh yeah so i mean i don't know about you kate that i got that 13th season and they were only i got very excited because they were only like 20 minutes each episode and i was like yes but then there were like 24 episodes <laughs> it's like tlc yeah. will not give me a break so if you love babies oh. This, there's plenty of content over there for Who you. This this show. <laughs> I think the people that would enjoy this show are the people who watch Hallmark movies unironically all year round. Mm. Mm-hmm. People that who are obs- baby crazy. They're baby Gosh. obsessed. They love talking about the birth <gasps> and the, how long were you in labor no, and how dilated were you? Honestly, it upsets me. And I, you know, I obviously have a lot of friends that have had babies. And one of my friends is, the, <laughs> I won't mention her, but she is the most honest. And she said, Holly, I will tell you this. Being pregnant is horrendous. <laughs> She's like, it's awful. She's like no one tells you that but you're miserable the entire time and it's terrible and the birth she she had a c-section but she's like it's all terrible and i was like oh great (laughs) it's like that's the honesty the truth comes out it's the truth the truth comes out seriously wait one more thing i want to say about the show in general oh yeah did you know Mm -hmm. this show was nominated for a daytime emmy in 2006 Kate, I've been nominated for a daytime Emmy. I mean, it isn't hard. I mean, I, act, I haven't, but I'm saying it's a daytime Emmy. That I don't know True. how shocked I am at I that. Was, I was still surprised with how boring I it mean, is. You know what? Maybe, though, maybe, hang on, I'm going to throw this out there because, look, I any awards that TLC get, I am very shocked at. But if we are going back to, like, um, what do you say, 1998? Then I, yeah, yeah, then that kind of makes sense because reality TV in 1998, we had what, a real world, Big Brother. So a baby story came along. Maybe it was the like. The Osbournes. <laughs> oh, I love the Osbournes. Uh, Minnie, where's my little Minnie? <laughs> oh, Ozzy. <laughs> I just, and there so were just good. palms everywhere. Pomeranians after Pomeranians after Pomeranians. It's a dream. What a dream. Oh, um, so maybe 1998, it was like, it was like, wow, this is revolutionary. And that's why they got an, a daytime Emmy. But uh, okay, okay. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm not that shocked about that. But still, the, the content is dire i will just say that it is dire <laughs> and i'm sure it was dire in 1998 and it's dire watching it in 20 god 1998 we're in 2022 that's bizarre okay so what i did is kate i don't know about you but 
of course I was not going to sit through 23 episodes of this, even if they were 20 minutes. Oh, no. No, shockingly, no. shockingly, no, I didn't. So what I... I tapped out at four. Oh, <laughs> and did you go chronological? Sorry. Yeah, I went uh, chronologically. Okay. So I've seen, I have notes on the first four episodes. Okay. Not a ton of notes, just, you know, yeah. the main things Well, we it. may cross over because what I did is, and I don't know why I thought, I think I did get some good ones because I just... I, I looked at every single um, thumbnail and I thought, do they look a little bit odd? And if they looked odd, I judged which, which were the really, really odd looking ones and I click on that and then I watched <laughs> them. So I did actually get some, um, some good quality reality TV people from just judging their appearance solely on the thumbnails. Um, that was a good technique, yeah, I think. It worked well because I got what I I look I watched one, two, three, four. I oh I did four as well. Um, okay, great. So I I don't know if you did. Let me, I'll read the names and I'll see if you got any of them. I did baby because they they everyone's baby and then their last name baby Prohaska, and then I did Gardener, Millers, and Emmert or Emmett. I have their the first names of the parents. <laughs> okay, which so, one is that? But I know I did. The first name you said is the lesbian couple, right? Yes, and they're both blonde. The same sex. I did couple, them yeah. for sure. Okay, good. So let's discuss that one because we obviously that's baby pro Haska, and I would like to just say they are a same sex couple, and they are they describe themselves as Christian, Republican, and gay. I can't. So that's where we were starting. And look, I'm just going to say, I am so happy actually looking at my notes now, remembering them, that we both watched this one. Because, you know, first of all, I was like, oh, good. You know, we've actually got a bit of a change here. We've got a same-sex couple, because I think I only saw one same-sex couple. And then they said they were Christian and Republican. And I was like, huh. Okay. 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 Then we got into the donor. So... (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he, he's a doozy. So the donor, they had described um, the two women. I um, don't even know what their name is. Well, the two, well, the two women met through their friend, a mutual friend named Sarah. And then they also met the donor through Sarah. Okay. And I was like, call, I was like, just call Sarah if you need literally okay. anything. Literally, I had written that as well. So they, so the voiceover, and I think they described as well, you're right, they kept saying, so, you know, we met through our friend Sarah. And you're like, oh, okay, just mentioned a word. She's never seen, except no. when they say, they start talking about the donor, Jason. And they go, we also met Jason through Sarah. And there is this bizarro, like, I don't know if they had an intern at the um, editing um, department when they did this because there's a photo of Jason with his arm around Sarah, this mystery Sarah that you never hear from and she never speaks and it just zooms in really, really quickly into her face and then zooms out again. It was the... It was a PA. It was was a PA. (laughs) It was so weird, this zoom in. And I kept thinking... Who is Sarah? I want to know about Sarah because I was pic- <laughs> it was weird. I was I picture Sarah to be like the fortune teller in the movie Teen Witch. <laughs> oh, I don't know that reference. I haven't seen Teen oh, okay. Witch. 
Well, maybe someone listening will okay. know, but I just picture it basically, yeah, just like a mystical she, oh, oracle. She was, she was, and that's why they had to zoom in really quickly on her face in the photo. You can't look at her too long because she'll have mm-hmm. some kind of power over you. It was just zoom in, zoom out. And I was like, oh, I guess that's Sarah. Okay, is she going to get interviewed? Never interviewed, never met. Very, nope. don't get that at all. Um, so, we, so they had said that they basically want um, the donor to be a known donor so a man that they know but absolutely is not going to co-parent but then later on when the baby's born and everything they're like oh well we'll know the father and he will absolutely be a great male role model but he's still not going to co-parent but he's going to be around all the time and be in the child's life i thought that's going to end up a mess yeah so Jason is the donor, mm-hmm. and he has his husband, Greg. Oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm stopping you right there. I'm stopping <laughs> you right there. So we see them out, and we're like, this is Jason, and Jason is in a same-sex relationship as well with a man named Greg. Now, this is going to get complicated because of my accent and your accent, Kate, but there is the name Greg and the name Craig, in England, we say Craig. You say, what do you say? For Craig. Craig. Cra- yeah, I can never do you say like Cra- Craig. Craig. No, yeah. Wait. Southern charm, Craig. Yeah. Okay. And we say Craig. Now, okay. Now, they do a shot of them talking, Jason, and his, I think it was his boyfriend or husband. And you husband. see that his name is Greg. It's pronounced Greg, Greg but it's spelled. G R A I G. I was like, his name is spelt like Craig, but with a G, and it's pronounced Greg. Okay, that's bizarre, but can we also talk about how Megan's name is spelled M E G G A N? I missed Who that. Their name? I missed that. What kind that. of Megan is that? I. Megan. Megan. Megan and Greg with the weirdest spellings ever. I did. I completely missed that. And you know, full fucking well, Jason's husband, Craig, Greg, Greg, Craig, whatever. (laughs) His name is Greg, and it's G R E G on his birth certificate. But he wanted to (laughs) jazz it up a little bit, so he changed it to G R A I G. And I'm just like, you know what? If if I knew him, and I was friends with them. And it was his birthday, or I was texting him, or I, I would refuse to spell it that way because it's a bunch of bullshit. I'd say, no, I'm spelling it G-R-E-G, G-R-E-G, that's it. It reminded me of, and this is a little bit of crossover because as you know, we are, Kate and I bonded over Real Housewives. Um, it reminded me of the current season of Real Housewives of Orange County. There's a woman in it whose husband, this is, I swear to God, this is true. Oh, yeah. my God. The husband's name is Ryan. R-Y-A-N. And this woman on the Real Housewives of Orange County, who's a doctor, I may add, her husband has just decided one day to change change his name. Not legal. I don't know if he did it legally, but told everyone that his name is now R-Y-N-E. Rin. Ryan. No, it's Ryan. Is Ryan? Yes. But his name's Ryan. And he's gone around and just woke up one day and was like, Ryan. you now need to um, call me Ryan. R-Y-N-E. No more. Call me Ryan. 
Uh, no more two syllable, one syllable. Ryan, too much. Too Ryan. much. I mean, how much time on your hands do you really have to do that? I mean, I, I call him pork Ryan. Pork. Okay, that's how I'm going to remember. It's Ryan. I didn't. And you see a scene in. Oh, we're going over to Orange County right now, but you see a scene where she's trying to introduce him, and everyone's confused. They're like, so is his name Ryan? And she's like, I'll just call him whatever you want. And I was like, yeah, I call him a dickhead, is what I'd call him. But anyway, <laughs> um, so back to TLC from 2010. Um, so you see Greg, Craig, Greg, Craig. Jason and it's just 20 kind of minutes of them going oh we're really looking forward to having the baby come but we're not going to co-parent but you're definitely going to be in its life but you're not going to co-parent but you're going to definitely be a great role model right so they say the they say the baby needs they feel the baby needs a masculine influence yes. which I think is bullshit yes, honestly yes, yes 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 that's what it was you're right they did keep saying that um, but don't co-parent, but be here all the time around the child. It was weird. And then I really zoned out when they started talk using the word membranes. I don't know what it was. It was near the labor, and I can't watch any of that shit. So I just heard her saying something about membrane, and I was like, fast forward all the way through this. So I just kind of skipped through it, and then there was a kid, and that was kind of the end of the episode, <laughs> for me anyway. Yes. So I my research... I have a little research here. Oh, we need like a sound effect for my research, like keyboards yes, clapping I was gonna, or, or an old worldy typewriter. Yeah. That's what we should yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So I found out uh, everyone's dead. Yeah. Everyone that was on the show <laughs> is dead. <laughs> No. Oh. What if I was like, they're all siblings? <laughs> oh, no. They, well, they all kind of looked nah, like the couples. Anyways, um, so this is from my source is uh, from DallasVoice.com. Okay, so I these are Texans. And one of the moms said, We wanted our child to know their father. Jason had casually mentioned that he wanted to procreate but did not necessarily want to raise a child. I'm sorry. What? You want to see you want to see yourself in the world and pass on your genes but then abandon it essentially. And what's yes. the best way? How can you figure out how to do that? I know. I'll be uh, uh I'll give my sp- I'll sperm be a sperm donor. donor. Huh. It was, she said it was an amazing process and TLC was fabulous. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Our hope is that by doing this show, we reach a very broad audience to portray two people who love one another very much and happen to be gay. Okay, and Republican. Yeah, they must, it must be like for tax reasons or something. <laughs> they must be rich. Well, they did have a big house, but then I don't know where they lived in Texas, but... Yeah, it's Dallas. Oh, it was Dallas. Okay. I don't know anything about Dallas. But um, yeah, so that was those two. We both watched that. And then I have another Mm -hmm. couple of ones which are kind of decent. Tell me about other ones that you got. Did you get any ones that were kind of interesting? There was, let's see. There was one where they had twins. Christy and Ron met at a Texas football game at a sports bar and bonded over the fact that they're both from Oklahoma. And I was like, okay, stop. I'm falling asleep. Ah, stop. Oh, dear. She had adult braces. 
He was 41. I'm sorry, she was sorry. On... No, 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 no. <laughs> Did you just mention, this is this is your kind of note-taking. The show was so boring that the, the piece of, the thing that you noticed was that she had braces on. I mean, yes. this is a level we've got to. He, I thought this was interesting. He was only 41 and she was only 36, but he already had a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old. Ooh. <laughs> so he had kids he had kids super young and then they got married and she wanted babies and so they did IVF it worked the first time Amazing. she got pregnant with twins and she was on bed rest for 10 weeks and I wrote I would watch so much TV <gasps> we would watch all of the reality junk 10 weeks bed rest I was like wow I might actually get to the sopranos I'm <clears throat> Uh, sorry, I, a little bit of vodka just just went down the wrong way. You haven't watched The Sopranos? No. <laughs> I, no, I haven't. Should we stop this podcast right now? Or <laughs> the shame. Hey, well, the you know shame. what I've never watched, and people always say, "How have you never watched?" I never watched Breaking Bad. Never watched a single episode of Breaking Bad. Oh, see, I've seen all of that. I that. Anyway, I, I watched that when it was on. Back to this fascinating show. Yeah, go Anyways. ahead. <clears throat> She's about to give birth, and she says to the nurse, I want to hurry it up. I'm hungry. Um, I was like, that's relatable. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, mine would be more like, oh, can you hurry up? Watch what happens live is on in, like, ten minutes. <laughs> and Ramona's on. Hurry up. Take the baby away. I need to concentrate oh, on Oh, she's making so much noise. I need to hear Ramona. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that was that one. Okay. Story Madison and Hayden Lee puke. Ugh. Um what else? Now you do one. Okay. We'll just alternate. We'll alternate. I have this <laughs> one of my favorite type of people in this one. Um so this was Gardener and they started with I don't know why they started this episode with quirky kind of music for kids like it was and I don't know the editing yeah it was trying to make them seem fun name was Nicole and Steve and I put this in bold and then I underlined it multiple times they got married at Disneyland so for me I don't know which episode it was previously but I have mentioned one of my biggest phobias are people are adults that are obsessed with Disney and people that get married at Disneyland or Disney World it, it terrifies me to my core um, so they were very happy to proclaim that um, something some, some there right. um, <laughs> and then that's another note I put on this was just like why does everyone look 20 years older than they actually are was that how everyone looked in 2010 because these, this woman was like I think she was, she was 38 when she got pregnant I would have she could easily have passed for 58 because of the hair and like the clothes it was just is, something about them all they all look so old at this point we have gotten much better at looking more youthful I think yeah. in 2022 and it's just not all of the you know needles that we Plastic stick inside something. ourselves but it's like just the clothes everyone looked so uh matronly that's an old fact that's a good word to use they all look matronly mm. um anyway so they got married at disney world gross and then um they already had kids oh yeah this is it so they already they already had four kids uh two they were both this was their second marriage 
both of them had two kids from previous marriage. They all lived in this one house. And they're saying, oh, but we can't wait till the new baby comes. Da, 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 da. And the baby, um, they were like, this. they did an interview or talking head with this eight-year-old girl. And she's like, the baby's going to be sleeping in my room. And I was like, that baby's not going to last two weeks because this girl had her eye on this baby. And there was hate in this girl's eyes. And you see the mother. I'm the baby of the family. <laughs> yeah, you see the mother coming in and setting up the um, cot, the crib. And the, the eight-year-old's just standing there. And you know she is plotting the child's death. And um, the mother's like, oh, so, so are, you, are you looking forward to having the new baby in your room? And she's like, yeah. And the mum goes, how are you going to help me? And she goes, oh, I might get up with it when it cries at night. I mean, it literally was like the setting of a horror movie. And then, it, then there's another shot of this. All these kids are like super young of a little boy that was um, like white, white hair, like... Um, looked very um nordic looked very very nordic um i would say swedish that type of look very very pale white hair um and he's cutting a pineapple with one of the biggest knives i've ever seen i don't know and the father's (laughs) just stood there and this kid is cutting this pineapple with a massive knife and i shit you not the camera zooms in on him when he goes will take care of the new baby and he's cutting <laughs> the pineapple with this knife i shit you not with a machete <laughs> so then i fast forwarded through the birth as usual and then there was a kid so that was that was that one have you got an, another semi-interesting one wait was that one i think i watched the very beginning of that episode were they doing like the brady bunch yes thing that's at the beginning it. quirky music okay do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah 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 so they were acting like it was the brady bunch so like everyone was in their own square yeah except yeah. that two of the children already declared their hate and their homicidal intentions for the newborn baby <laughs> that would have made that show more interesting mm-hmm. the brady bunch okay so i have one and the couple's name, it's Felix and Shayna. Mm-hmm. They met at, I was always most interested in how they met and how they got together, like that type of thing. Yeah. They met at a mutual friend's birthday. And then he... Was it was pestered. it a woman named uh, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> at Sarah's birthday. I knew it. They met at Sarah's birthday party. It. And he pestered her on instant messenger. Mm. Until she agreed, finally agreed to go on a group date. Group. She shows, a yeah, like a an outing. Okay. Like, oh, we're we're all gonna go bowling. She shows up, and it's just him. <laughs> he lied that oh, a group was horrible. coming to trick her into going on a date with him, and you just see her resign to it. Yeah. She's like, and from then on, we're together. I'm like, you didn't have to date. Yeah, you did. You did realize there was an option to leave at some point. Oh. I just couldn't believe that. I would have ran out of there so fast. Was he? Um, how do I put this? Was he unfortunate looking? Just very average. Mm. He wasn't grotesque, but he wasn't handsome. Okay. He was a, just a guy. Just a guy. Just my friend would say she has a great way of describing. Um, people that aren't ugly that aren't attractive that aren't anything she goes he he has a very functional face there's two (laughs) eyes there's a nose and there's a mouth 
<laughs> a purely functional face. Perfect. <laughs> so he, they had had boys. Her family was calling her the boy maker. Gross. And then she says, well, I just, I told him that I wanted to have all the children by the time I was 30. And sure enough, two months before I turned 30, I find out I was pregnant. And it's a girl. And she says she's so excited to have a girl because she will have someone to buy pink things for. I can't. I can't. And someone, and someone to tell her if she looks fat. I mean, look, people have different choices in life, right? You may, (laughs) you may dream of becoming a doctor, of becoming an architect, of just working at a, the post office. And then there are these people that are solely defined by finding a partner and procreating and that's their entire life and evidently she didn't care who it was with because some guy practically kidnapped her on the first date never <laughs> held a hostage never let her go and she's like it's all right i just want a wedding ring i want let's breed oh. <laughs> I mean, let's breed baby look i know i shouldn't judge but i absolutely do and i just don't <laughs> i don't get your entire 20s is just having kids like that's your main goal in life and uh, i don't know i don't know it, it leaves me deeply unsettled deeply unsettled it's a, i mean it's a calling for some people and it's you know it's something that people get fixated on i don't know even when you're kidnapped even when you're forced, you're on MSN Messenger, oh, this I'm guy won't leave you alone <laughs> until you go on a group date. You walk up and it's just him and his functional face. His functional face and a knife in his pocket. And that's the day <laughs> you're coming home with me. So, so that was them. Oh, God. Baby's born, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, who bad. else did you have? I did have one. <laughs> I did have this one that I... I I mean, I use the word like very loosely, but they were called the Millers, and it was a home birth, and she was fucking nuts. That's all I'm going to say. This woman was on another level. I don't think she realized that she lived on Earth. I don't know I don't know what her situ was, but she had decided, anyway, that they were going to do a home birth. Um, she, I never really got where they lived. I believe at the end, I that's you know because i kind of half listened to these shows but it i, I think it was toronto they were in a massive high-rise oh. apartment right a high-rise building in an apartment they wanted to do a home birth so you see her going through all of this and being like i'm totally against any type of um uh medicine i didn't want you know i don't want anything it's just i'm gonna feel every single ounce of pain and she was super oh. intense about it all so you go through it all and the husband's one of those um you know every move she made she's like you okay is everything all right like super over the top with her and anyway so it gets to her going into labor and i spy with my little english eye that first of all they're in an apartment and i'm sure it's it looked like a very expensive building and it was a very very small apartment it looked like a maybe one bedroom apartment 
and they had that open plan like living room into the kitchen and she has a big fucking tub in the middle of her living room where she's about to give birth the kitchen she literally had to just stretch her arm out and she could reach the sink that's where she was giving birth and I spy oh. with my eye next to her, behind her, while she's like going, oh, this is, so, you know, just amounts of hideous screaming because she's in so much pain. She doesn't want any medicine. They have two bikes, so, so 90s, two bikes just perched and attached to the wall, a la Seinfeld. And I'm thinking, she's giving birth precariously close to these two bikes that are just attached to the wall and then it pans you've got the kitchen next to her and then dogs are just like at her feet gnawing on a chew toy and she's there giving birth and i'm thinking i'm all for the natural way but there's there's too much going on in this scene there's too much going on for any of this to be okay too many cooks in the kitchen. Bites. <laughs> Literally. I mean, she... Bites. She was giving birth in the sink, practically. And these dogs were with their chew toy, just having a good old time. And anyway, then, then, then she does have to go into the hospital to give birth, which she does, and she's so angry about it. And then you see her, um, like, the baby's born, and she's holding it. And I'm telling you, when she did her final interview, her eyes betrayed her. There was nothing but anger, and it looked like she was having a nervous breakdown. And she's holding this baby, going, everything's great. Everything's great. I'm so happy. Uh, My husband's out for about 14 hours a day because he had to go to work. But I couldn't be happier. (laughs) And then it just went to black, and that was the end of the episode. Oh, that one, that one was something for me. That one was something, but I got through I'll it. You, I'll tell you what: if I ever do give birth, I won't be there. Give anyway. me, give me the drugs. Oh my gosh, I would um, not be that person that's like, I want to feel it all. I would be no like, way. honestly, if you can just knock me out yeah. and wake me up when it's over, well, that'd be great. I mean, look, we we are gonna wrap this up and get onto our our how many pounds of learning we have but i will say the one thing that i that i will add before we get to that is that there's this great line in veep which i've watched a billion times because it's absolute genius and amanda ianucci and julia louis-dreyfus are just my heroes but um some of my heroes but there was a there was an episode where um julia louis-dreyfus's character is discussing um the um uh uh, cutoffs for abortion, right? In this new bill that's happening in the episode, mm-hmm. and she she gives this great line. She goes, "You know, this is all such bullshit." She's like, "If um, if men were able to give birth, he'd be able to get an abortion at an ATM." And I just thought, you know, and it was brilliant. It was so true. And I'm watching this show, and I'm going, "Why are women? Why are we still being torn apart? Being?" you know screaming like our ancestors did in birth that it is still this way and women are still dying in labor they are it's it i don't understand how nothing has evolved i've never thought about that honestly i mean sure we have epidurals and we have gas and air and we have new techniques and things like that but women in america in hospital beds are giving birth on their back which is the most ridiculous thing like you're supposed to be giving birth on your hands and knees so the baby drops naturally like i had a i had this goes back to my 
relig- um, RE, my religious education teacher at my um, school in England, um, Mrs. Greg Smith. She just used to give lessons of like meditation. She was she was an interesting character, but she was a nurse in South Africa. Um, and before she came to teach, and she said, I don't, you know, women give birth on their hands and knees because that's natural. It's it's gravity for the baby to come out. She goes, and in the Western society, women are put on their back to push out a baby. And I'm watching these shows, and obviously I fast-forwarded through all of the labor, but I was like, how are women still just screaming in agony and literally getting ripped open and then sewn back up this is where we are. I, I, I just, I don't get it. Pooping on the table. Constantly shitting yourself. Constantly. That makes sense, actually, when I, I'm thinking about in the animal kingdom, you know, you see a goat or a cow giving birth and, you know. Of course. I mean, it's, it's, it's dropping out. It is. It's just so, I mean, I don't want to get like super deep on this. And obviously I haven't done my research, but I read one article a long time ago but it was about the mortality rates of women in this country especially a minority women giving birth and how Mm -hmm. high it is in a westernized country it was so messed up appalling and i always hark back to that very flippant throwaway joke on veep about who's controlling our bodies and why it's yes. the state it is. So anyway, I you know, I, this is supposed to have some type of levity, this podcast. But I just, um, <laughs> I watched it and I was like, I've just watched like four episodes of people screaming in agony. And I, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, you have to really love the birthing process to binge this show, I think. Because after four episodes, oh I was just like, I can't watch this anymore. I can't. Like, I, I mean, I... The only other one that I'll just touch on was the last one that I watched, and they had met at a Renaissance fair. So I thought, oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. This will be a good one. Nice. Um, his name was Marvin, and um, Marvin, who goes to Renaissance fairs, looks exactly how you would expect someone named Marvin that goes to Renaissance fairs looks. And um, the first scene has him in his medieval costume for a little bit. Anyway, they met there, and he already had a son. Through Sarah. Through Sarah. All, all met through Sarah. <laughs> Sarah is actually the VP of TLC, and she just <laughs> gets everyone together. Um, no, she, he had been married before and had a child, and this little boy was named James, and I think he may have been like 11 or 12, and he was the sweetest, gentle-hearted hearted little boy. And this guy, Marvin, obviously was a really, really good dad, and he touched on that James could no longer live with his mother, and I just sensed it was a really sad circumstance. So he came to live with Marvin and his new wife. So, <laughs> step monster enter in. Um, I have, uh, yeah. yeah. How'd that go? Uh, it didn't go well. Didn't go well. So this little boy, Marvin's like, you know, he's a very gentle soul, and he was. You could just tell, and he was like academic and really excited for this baby. And Lisa, this step monster, was like, well, having our baby is just another thing James is going to have to get used to, quote unquote, unquote. And um, 
you can see that you just have a feeling that that stepmother doesn't want anything to do with this little boy and it, it was really horrible to watch actually and this dad is like desperately being like oh look how amazing James is with the baby and he's so great and Lisa like never smiled the entire episode she seemed like a she really seemed like a challenging person to put that nicely so the baby's mm. born and then it kind of ends up with this final scene on the sofa and james it's the dad and then james the son comes over and he's like hi can i hold the baby and his dad's like yeah of course you can and he holds the baby really gently and is like looking after him and marvin the dad is going oh you know you're doing really really well and who comes up behind but lisa and the dad instantly goes it's just like if you know the dynamic of a bad stepmother a the the um the husband and then the children from the previous marriage if you have any experience with that type of dynamic then you can read this scene completely so marvin is there holding um saying uh lisa comes up like just behind the sofa glaring over james not touching him not talking to him just watching him hold the new baby and the dad instantly goes oh he's doing such a good job and the stepmother goes reaches down strokes the head of the baby like ignores james strokes the head of the baby and goes that's because this one is a little angel (gasps) oh no she did not so i don't know where james ended up this was what 12 years ago but james if you're listening to this i hope you got out i hope you're doing well because you that woman was a monster i could tell we stand with you james we are dedicating this episode the fourth episode of tender loving care question mark to james from a baby story (laughs) another another dream interview oh we have these stacked up i mean to be honest we are gonna have to find him probably i don't know where he's gonna be he's either gonna be on wall james had two parts he was either gonna end up on wall street as a multi-millionaire banker or we're gonna find him downtown la somewhere okay i thought you were gonna say at the renaissance fair <laughs> oh i hope with his dad and the stepmother's other yeah. picture but um so for that one what did you give it for your pounds of learning kate let's see it's bottom of the bucket low what did you do let's see 17 pounds yeah i i give it 20 i gave it 20 i mean (laughs) you know guys to our to our darling listeners we understand that you um are lovers of the trash that's why you're tuning in that's why you're listening to us But I want you to understand the sacrifices that Kate and I go through to produce this podcast. Not the hours of editing, not the promotion, not the organization, but actually watching these shit storm shows. And the slog of a baby story. 13 seasons. I mean, we didn't watch 13 seasons, but it's really rough for us but look here's the here's here's the thing though with tlc we get gold when we are hitting 600 pound life when we are hitting you know um sister wives when we are gonna hit das and stace we are there we are with the greats so when you want to run with the greats sometimes you need to walk with the baby stories and that's just where we were this week so Kate, without any further ado, I would love to get onto the wheel of shame. 
Let's hit it. I, Kate, what are you hoping for? Because we, I'm praying to the gods of the Wheel of Shame that they're going to give us something really good for next week. I want two bangers. Like, I want... Well, I've told you I want 80 pound groin. There is a... So I, just, that's what I was going to say. I want 80 pound groin. There is a show... Uh, everyone that is called the man with the 80 pound groin that is somewhere on the wheel of shame and i'm so desperate to get it so all right let's go ahead and do our first spin so kate fingers crossed we're going to get something good okay all right let's spin what do you say spin that wheel (laughs) spin that wheel Okay, our first show, I watch it, and the one I thought it was going to land on was another baby one, and I was literally going to slam my mic down and walk off. But it isn't. Off. The look of horror on your face. For I a was second. so nervous. Okay, but we've got a good one. We've got a good one. Yes. It is called our first show for next week My Fat Saved My Life. My Fat yes. Saved My Life. So, what I'm automatically thinking of is someone falling off a roof and the excess weight made them bounce. I don't know where I got the front. That's what I'm thinking. So my fat saved my life. First show. I'm, I'm thinking they got lost in the wilderness oh, or something. Oh, that makes sense. That's much more logical we'll than stop. someone falling off we'll- a roof. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Oh. We'll find out. I mean, only t- see. This is what TLC... Look, I, we will get into it next week, but this is what TLC does. They promote people that are morbidly obese as, like, they're terrible people, they've got to lose weight, and then they're going to have a show called My Fat Saved My Life. So, all right. It's like on YouTube, the titles of the videos are just meant to grab you. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, you know, I think we're, I think this one's going to be good. If, clickbait, that's the word clickbait. I'm looking for, clickbait. I swear to God, if you're right about that wilderness thing, I'm going to be really impressed. I'm going to be really impressed if that's correct. Um, Okay, my fat saved my life. Great. Okay, so we'll get that. We'll remove that from the wheel of shame. Next one. Let's spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Shame. Another good one. Let's get two good ones for next week. No. (laughs) No. I am going to cry. What is it? Kate, what are the two things I ha- I'm not looking forward to doing this podcast? What type of shows? Ba- babies and weddings. It's a wedding one, isn't it? Say yes to the dress. No. Kate, I have literally been dreading this one. I can't watch morons go on a moronic show to pick out shit wedding dresses. And that's what this is going to be. And you know what? I already know that this has about 15 seasons as well because this show has been on forever. Oh, yeah. Forever. I can't remember a time it wasn't on TV. I think you're secretly happy. I think you're secretly happy that I am going to be put in pure misery for the next week. Well, it's it's entertaining. I like your speeches about weddings. Oh, can you imagine what I'm going to have by this time next week? Oh, the vitriol is just going to be oozing out of every pore. Oh, God. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. my fat save my life and say yes to the dress. And my combo. And my breakdown. And my breakdown. (laughs) 
is going to be tri- triple, triple showing next week. Fuck. I mean, look, I knew it was going to happen, but after this week, I just mm. wanted a little break. I wanted a little fat and maybe a little, um, a little person show. Like maybe just, just something that would be different and not out of my two hated categories of babies and weddings. But it's okay. We'll make it. We'll do it. Do it for the pod. We do it for the pod always. Um, all right. So everyone, you have your two shows. That's what we're going to be going over next week. So please feel free to watch the 853 episodes that there probably is of Say Yes to My Shitty Dress. Um, <laughs> and tune in to My Fat Saved My Life where people just get... It's just a whole season of people getting lost in the world. <laughs> What if it's what if it's that show like uh, oh, alone alone yeah, 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 yeah. alone? It might actually just be every week they get they round up super morbidly obese people and just throw them into a forest and be like we'll back be back in two weeks and then they just pick them up and they're all thin and they say guess what my fat saved my life didn't catch one squirrel <laughs> it might be that it really Maybe. might. Um, all right, so we have, so you guys have the two shows. Kate and I will work diligently, as always, to go over them. Re- Kate will be doing her quote unquote research um, from the reputable news sources on the shows, and I yeah. will be skimming through most of the episodes. All right, so time for our plugs as always at the end of the show. Um, we want to plug our social media Instagram and TikTok is at tender loving care pod we also have our twitter which is tlc poddy um so please follow us on all three um platforms that would be awesome and if you want to email us um words of enthusiasm love or otherwise uh tender loving care pod at gmail.com tender loving care pod at gmail.com and KTK, I want you to do a pluggy plug for your amazing podcast. Yes, my other podcast that I do is recapping the most exciting shows that are currently airing on Bravo. Uh, we also touch on The Bachelor or if there's any fun pop culture things to chat about. The podcast is called Mostly Bravo. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we are on Instagram at Mostly Bravo perfect yes definitely subscribe listen it's awesome and then i have to do a little plug myself i have um a etsy store that has um that is officially up and running and it's a shameless plug from me but i'm gonna do it anyway um kate and i we began our love affair um, of junk tv with bravo and especially the real housewives so i have created an original line of notebooks and journals featuring all of our beautiful monsters from several real housewife franchises as a true aficionado of the gals each housewife journal comes with a list of suggested uses on the back which speak to the very essence of every individual lady so if you love the real housewives and need somewhere to scribble please check out my instagram page which is at a brit in the sun a b r i t in the sun um and then my etsy page is the same a brit in the sun um so take a look there um they have uh i have a wide range of all of our beautiful ladies they're amazing folks go get one (laughs) thank you thank you they are created with pure pure love and adoration of our (laughs) wonderful gems of reality tv 
Um, so I think that's it, Katie Kate. All right. Don't push anyone in a pool. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just got... Don't push anyone in a pool and don't threaten to kill your mother's next newborn. Great advice. Great advice always. See you next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.